We need a working title. Creating Vinyl. 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 Yeah, we won't. Uh, I can't even remember where we were on. Well, I can. <laughs> it was a very one track podcast. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, something vibrated. Terrace is popular. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure you've got some kind of track or something in your repertoire. Oh, yeah, so we were just talking, so for those who are listening and have no idea what uh, Terrace is on about, we were just talking about creating the Crate and Vinyl theme tune, music, theme song. Um, yeah, I've, I probably have. I just need to figure out what to use. Because I don't want to use anything too hip-hop-y. Yeah. I want something a bit, how's that? We'll figure it out. But it will be, I, I hope, in my head, it's going to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. It might turn out really, really crap. But we can try. We can see. Yeah, and we can always change it up. And we can always change it. And by the time people listen to this one, it'll probably be already up. Probably. Because episode four, it will be uploaded next, right? Yeah, I think so. You have done the editing four, for five. that. Yeah, I've done editing for four. Uh, I think I've done editing for five, I think. I think you were saying before you'd done that. I think I've done four and five, but... I just need to add the theme tune. Yeah. Which is what I'm working on, which I keep going back to and I'm like, I go away for it for like a couple of days and then I revi- revisit it and I'm like, yeah, I don't like that, so I change it. <laughs> but I'm at a, at a point now where I'm kind of happy with it and I did a bit of um, uh, the scratching of vocals over the, the record, which I liked. So I think that is the way forward. So I'll do that properly. Yeah. And record it. And then we should be good. We should be Gucci. We should be ready to go. Yeah. But I don't I don't think we've actually said in a podcast Happy New Year yet, have we? No, and th- it is definitely the New Year. It is definitely the New Year. We're well into the New Year. It is the, it is the 12th. It's the 12th of January and yeah. Swans uh, played Cardiff today at the Cardiff City Stadium and drew nil-nil. It was as if we were set up to take the draw. It was a bit disappointing. And I paid £10. So you see did, it you on did Sky see Sports. It. Oh right. Yeah, I did, I didn't go to see it. Oh. I um I, I paid £10 this morning to watch it on Sky Sports. And Lee Trundle was there representing Swansea. And then Daniel Gabadon was there representing Cardiff. And it was just it was a game of defenders. Which is good because we've got, you know, two very young well, a couple of very young defenders at the back line and they were brilliant. Um yeah, it was it was a disappointing game for me. Because I was hoping for uh more attacking play. Well, at least it wasn't a loss. <clears throat> at least it wasn't a loss. Suppose. But, you know, we went... So, typically, right, in a game, because obviously you don't really watch football that often, do you? No. If at all. Um, but typically, in a game of 90 minutes, around the 60th to 70th minute, you would typically see two substitutions mm-hmm. for your side. Today, we didn't make one substitution. Our midfield looked knackered, because all they'd been doing is chasing the ball. Because yeah. we'd just been playing... We'd been playing rugby, essentially. We were just kicking the ball up. And then hoping someone got on the end of it, and then chasing the, the the you know the, the ball when it fell, um, 
and yeah, the midfield looked absolutely knackered. We didn't make one single substitution. There was no change of tactics to try and counter Cardiff or anything like that. And that was really disappointing. But other than that, we did play really well, mm-hmm. considering the um, the factors. But uh, yeah, moving off football, it is the 12th of January and it is a very happy new year. It is 2020. We have missed... Um... And bearing in mind, we're both wearing glasses today, so our vision is not <laughs> 2020 normally. We've, um, we've missed two... Uh, recording sessions as it happens yes we have because we missed one over Christmas yeah um, which we knew we were going to miss anyway yeah um, and then we missed one because you were not very well yes which is last was it last weekend yeah last weekend god I've, it honestly feels like a decade ago <laughs> but like even last weekend feels like a decade ago because mm-hmm. I'm back in work now obviously over the Christmas period I was I was off um, and yeah god I, that seems so long ago it's been such a must be such a long week for me <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was. I, I had uh, tonsillitis and uh, chest infection. So that was fun. A wonderful combination. Yes, it was a lovely combination. Yeah, I'm at the end of it now, I think. I'm still coughing, but uh, I don't wake myself up anymore. I, up. <laughs> I wake yeah. me up instead. <laughs> I sleep through it. I'm like... <sighs> <coughs> <laughs> How's everything with you? Did you have a good Christmas? Yes, I had two nights off work. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to have three, but I ended up being called in um, because I think there was a, a sickness. Right. But that's fine. It's another day's another day's pay. pay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a bonus. But I thought um, I thought I was in for five in a row now, but as it turns out, I'm in tonight, which is three. Yeah. Um, and then I've got two off. Okay. And then I'm in for six. So I've actually got two days off now, which is nice. That's good. So I can do some stuff for the podcast. Because I have uploaded a, uh, a post today on Instagram. I did see. Of the uh, the selection of beers we have here. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to talk a bit more about that, because I literally don't recognise any of them. Well, I don't either. Um, oh, okay. These are like, uh, these are craft, uh, craft ales. So, firstly, we have uh, Disco Forklift Track. Yeah, I didn't. I did notice that one. I which thought is the cool. mango pale ale. I believe I have tried this before. Right, and it's definitely. Yeah, do you want to start that bit again? Yeah. So we just had technical difficulties again. Um, Terrace's laptop seems to crash or something and cause audacity yeah. to stop recording. I don't know why I spent, I spent good money on this laptop. I know. And it can't even fucking record anything. I know. It's pretty bad. We'll have to. That's Windows for you, though. I think. Yeah. In bad. all in all fairness, I would never go back to Windows, even though the price of Macs and MacBooks so expensive the operating system on them is just so much better I hope I can get this uh, working mm. no it's a good laptop and the spec's good yeah the spec's that's exactly that's why I got it yeah and it was on uh, like a Black Friday deal as well because it's a 600 quid 650 650 quid laptop yeah so I would hope it uh, gets its act together <laughs> anyway the beers yeah the beers. Back go, the beers go back to the beers yeah beers. so we have Disco forklift track yeah Mango Pale Ale, 5.1%. Yeah. I do think I've had this before. And I really liked it because I really like mango. Mm. But it, I imagine like that's certainly not for everyone. Okay. And then we have the uh, uh, baby... Uh, essentially, we're going to get pissed as a fart now tonight. Well, there's, well, only, there's, there's only, only four there's cans. There's only four cans. Have you seen Fine. me? <laughs> <laughs> then we have the uh, the baby-faced assassin. Yeah. Because Craig isn't with us today. <laughs> um, 6.1%, that one. Yeah. And then we have a very beautiful can, uh, Northern Monk, which is a gluten-free IPA. 
Mm. 5.7. Okej. Okay. And then lastly... That looks like a Halloween edition. We have the Wonderlust IPA. Which does look very, very nice. Looks very like it was a Halloween limited edition version 6.5%. So a bit of a stronger one. Um, yeah, what's I've got to say, I do like the... Um, what's with the branding? Oh, okay. I thought I was a skeleton on the front. I didn't realise there was a guy on the top hat. Well, there are some skeletons on it. Oh, uh, there are there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like the, uh, the artwork, though. Mm-hmm. But I guess, like, when you are a very small brewery, you do have to stand out. Oh, yeah, 100%. And these certainly popped out to me. I, I, yeah, I do like the um, disco forklift truck. Yeah. I, I do like the branding of that. So would you like to uh, try that one? Sure. So you can have that one. Okay. It's even got a black um, top as well. Yeah. I think it's very good. But yeah, okay. And I'm going to go for the uh, Northern Monk. Gluten-free. This is proper on brand, isn't it? Oh wow. Mine's actually really nice. I actually really enjoy that. Mine's really nice as well. I might just knock it back. <sighs> yeah, so I think um, what we should do is um, tomorrow now we can write our, our thoughts on these on uh, on Instagram. Okay. As a little bit of a review. Okay. Uh, just like Andrew Jones from Bourbon Taff does on Instagram. I'm not sure who that is. Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones. My colleague. At oh, Andrew Jones. Yes. Oh. The Andrew Jones. The Andrew Jones. The only Andrew Jones that matters. <laughs> I'm sure all our, our only follower, Andrew Jones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's uh, he's really big on the uh, the bourbons. What do you even say about them, though? Because I wouldn't I wouldn't even know what to say. I got to be honest. It doesn't taste like a forklift truck. <laughs> but is it like a disco in your mouth? It is like a disco. A mango disco. With a typical beer aftertaste. <laughs> Which Rian will love later. <laughs> <laughs> so this says, uh, An homage to the origins of IPA and the evolution of this style. Piney, juicy and crisp. I definitely agree with that. The evolution of tradition... That's a beautiful line, that is. The evolution, the evolution of, tradition. of tradition. Oh, I tell you what, who's a marketer? You can have my job. <laughs> yeah, that is wonderful. And I do like the little stories evolution they have on the back of, of these cans as well. Right. I, I have to admit, I don't I don't really drink. I, I You know, like me on a night out, I just stick to the yeah. same thing. So I've never really gone away from the likes of Budweiser or... I don't know what else I drink on a night out. I guess so I can't remember. Pierre Prodi. <laughs> yeah, so I thought what I should start doing is uh, buying some ales. Mm-hmm. And so we can uh, we can try them on the show. So it can be a proper crates and vinyl yeah. podcast. And this is vegan as well, mine one. I don't know about yours. Where do I... St- um, no, it doesn't say anything about being vegan, I don't think. Uh, what does this mean? Oh, don't... Okay, so don't drink if you're pregnant. Okay. Uh, the UK chief medical officers recommend adults do not regularly drink more than 14 units per week. There you go. Well, we're fine. There's some... Yeah, yeah, we're fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. Back it up. Back <laughs> it up. <laughs> I love it. 
Back it up. This forklift truck is about to drop a metric ton of flavor from pallet to pallet. Oh my god! Yeah, we've loaded this twenty-four carat beer with golden caramel malt and more tropical hops than 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 you can shake your flares at strobing bursts of oh fl- 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 flares at. Strobing bursts of mango, passion fruit, and papaya make this jukebox juice box. Oh my god, this Marcus needs to get sacked. <laughs> Just as tasty as a barbecue as it is on the dance floor, so whether you're rocking a glitter ball or a beach ball, we've got you covered. Drygate Dry Brewing Company have been making beer in the historic heart of Glasgow since 2014. We brew with open doors and open minds. We believe good beer can come from anywhere and anyone. Collaboration with our community is at our core. We love showcasing creators of beer, food, art, design, music, comedy, poetry, and more. And then, obviously, based on that part, last paragraph, yeah, that gives us a perfect opportunity to go visit them in Glasgow for, sp- for a special Crates and Vinyl episode uh-huh. and create a Crates and Vinyl beer and get them to brew it and manufacture the, uh, the cans as well. Yeah. This does taste really good, actually. I've got to admit. I think I'm really surprised at that. Yeah, I think last time I had four as well because it was four for six pounds, so one pound fifty each, which is very good value. Mm. And uh, I think that was my favourite out of the four. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It is a really, a really good one. Yeah, and it it starts off quite like alco poppy, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, like you can feel the beer like just yeah. kick in as it goes down your throat. You're like, oh yeah, okay. The initial taste is very... Um, it reminds you of, like, um, Bacardi back in the day. Do they still do that? Bacardi um, breezes. I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah. Um, they, were, they were kind of shunned upon, weren't they, after a while? Yeah. In 2008, 2009, I want to say? Yeah. Or yeah. maybe just before. But um, I mean, there's still, like, WKD out there. Yeah, which is, like, the student... Like, typical yeah. student, like, drink, because it's cheap as fuck. You haven't seen Bacardi breezes in a long time. I would I would smash them right now. If I could have a Bacardi Breezer on the night out, I would smash them. I'd be knocking them back one after the other. Do you remember Reef? Reef. It was like an orange one. Mm. Very like tropical. That was a good one. I can't remember the flavours. It was really nice. I remember I remember loving them though. I used to like all the Bacardi Breezers. They used to be nice. Yeah, I haven't seen them in, I haven't seen them. I've not seen them anywhere. They last obviously, past. used to be big in like supermarkets and stuff, <clears> but I haven't seen them for years. Yeah, that that'd be a blast in the past. Maybe we should uh, try and find those because I have seen like obviously we got WKD. What was the other one back in the day? Bacardi Breezes, and there was um J Two O. Oh, you're talking about um, <laughs> um, Smirnoff Ice. Smirnoff Ice. That's, that's still it. around. That's still around. That's still I've around. seen those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, imagine if Bacardi Breezes are still around if they discontinued the line. Maybe we can bring bring out the TJ Breezer. TJ. <laughs> Terrace and Jordan Breezer. Or TJC. That's quite a cool company name, actually. I like that. TJC. T- yeah, TJC Limited. It's probably an already uh, registered company with uh, company houses, isn't it? That's, That's it. quite possible. Yeah. They probably uh, specialise in uh, forklift trucks and... <laughs> Yeah, why why disco forklift truck? I don't get that. Like they still haven't bridged the gap really, have they? Well, I mean, you've got you do have to stand out, which explains like the artwork and the story and the history and stuff. But it, but but the two don't join together. 
Do you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense to put the two together, which is maybe why they want that. They want that, like, incongruity. Yeah. Maybe they want people to be like, okay, what does that mean? Disco forklift truck, like... I like it, though. Do they, do they, do they plan on having an ad when they go a bit more mainstream, where there's a disco dancing forklift truck? I mean, that, a bit that like would the be Citroen very from back cool. in the day. Do you remember the Citroen ad? When it was like a Citroen, I think it was a Citroen C3, um, and it like turned into a robot and it danced. Oh yes, Do you remember that? That was really cool. I that remember was... the music from that. Yeah, I don't I remember, remember what the... it was called, I but remember I remember the music. the music was amazing. Yeah, I remember enjoying the music. Yeah, you know my favorite ad of all time. That's uh, mm, okay. One of my favorite ads of all time is the VW Golf ad from probably around two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Hmm. And it was the... I think it's Rain Man. And he's just dancing in the street. And then at the end, he go gets into his VW Golf. Mm-hmm. That is an epic ad. And then obviously it comes up VW Das Auto. Or something like that. I mean, I remember another car ad, which was... Um, do you remember... Was it... It was like a people carrier. But it was specifically aimed at, like, dads. Right. And it had Daddy Cool playing. Do you remember? Yes, I do remember that. By um, Boney M. Yeah. My God, yeah, Daddy Cool. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously you got like the Thierry Henry, Renault McGann ads yes, back in the day. Yeah. But he's made a comeback in that. Mm. So I was watching the football today, obviously, this morning. And a Renault McGann ad came on. And it was like, I think they were in like a car park. So I didn't pay too much attention to it because I was on my um, computer at the time. But um, I, I think... Like, it was a case of, like, the family getting into the back of a Renault Megane after a car shop. Mm-hmm. And then Thierry Henry is in the driving seat with, like, driving gloves on, like, proper, like, getaway driver style. Yeah. And, like, just races off. Um, I couldn't tell you what happens in the ad after that. There's probably a bit of uh, action going on. But, um, yeah, he's, he's making a comeback. But, mm-hmm. like, in the past, it was, like, the um, Fat Boy Slim uh, shaking their ass. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Jesus. Yeah. So many good was, car ads. Mm. But that's yeah. the thing as well. Like, you know, my path into marketing, which is my current day job for those who don't know, that came from, so I started off wanting to be a car designer as a young kid who would then move into having my own car manufacturing company, which is still my plan. However, as I was going through, um, you know, GCSC and, and A-levels, I realized that becoming an engineer um, or an artist uh, which are like my two potential paths mm-hmm. um, to get into the, you know, the manufacturing of um, cars per se. Um, I realized that I wasn't really cut out for it. But then obviously I had quite a musical background, wanting to get into music from, you know, the age of like 12, 11, 12. Um, obviously not playing an instrument, but, you know, loving sampling and things like that. Um, and I, I quickly realized and through my mum pushing me as well that you know like George you'd be really good at you know coming up with these you know car ad ideas and things like that mm-hmm. which is how I started moving into marketing then I moved into like I, I was you know I went to um, do a business um, business studies GCSE and then I was like oh yeah this is it I know exactly where I want to go but I already wanted to build businesses I just didn't understand the like whether I would go to uni to study a business management course because, I mean, who does that? Yeah. If you want to start a business, just start a business. Why would you? But it was to open up doors so that I can get into marketing. I've learned loads of my career so far. 
And if my mum asked me today if I regretted going to university, I would say no. But with that time, I could have built a business in that time and I could have made millions. Mm. But instead, I'm going down a different path and learning an easier, more controlled way. Um, but I'm learning a lot faster than I think. I'd like to think I'm learning a lot faster than actually having my own company. I'm just going, you know, balls mm-hmm. deep in that and <laughs> losing like all my savings and what have you. But yeah, no, anyway, car ads, that's what got me into marketing from a young age. Yeah. It was like, that's what I, like, I'd come up with a car idea, like this is going to be a people carrier. And then from there, like I knew what the ad was going to look like. And it was, you know, inspiration from like, I remember the Persia 206 ad coming out. There was nothing amazing about it. But I remember that coming out in like 2001, 2002. But yeah, anyway, I digress. This beer is amazing, by the way. Yeah. Mm. What does two pants mean? Two what? Two pants. Let's go on the side there. See? In pink. Is that... Uh, is it Welsh? Is that, is that a currency? Or does that mean like two units? Or? Is it like a Scottish currency? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to Scotland? I have not. I want to go to Edinburgh. Well, I've obviously been to Aberdeen in September. Hmm. Well, I have to admit, it's a really lovely, lovely city. From what I saw of it, obviously. And I would like to go to Edinburgh. Apparently, that's a beautiful city. So, it'd be very happy to know that today I was listening to um, the Black Milk LP. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Vinyl? Yes. Yeah. Of course, from Vinyl Deli. <laughs> one, of the, one of the excellent picks. And on the second side, there's a track called Swim. Oh, I recommended that to you. Yeah. Remember, yeah. And... In it is the lyric, the revolution will not be televised. Which is Gil Scott. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love how those two like sort of came together there. But that's, that's the amazing thing about hip hop. Like, whenever, like obviously it happens in music generally anyway. Yeah. But a lot of hip hop is built off of, um, you know, what came before it. Mm-hmm. Whether that's sampling, whether that's the lyrics, whether that's... Um, you know, some sort of reference in the song. So, for example, there is a um, a song by one of Jay Diller's friends with Jay Diller, um, and they reference something about biting, which is like stealing. Yeah. Um, and uh, a, a very trademark, um, I don't know what, like bleep that um, DJ Premier uses, who's mm-hmm. a, a very, very, very well-known DJ um, and producer in hip-hop. Uh, from the the band the the group um, Gangstar, he has this um, like if if there's any swearing and he needs censorship within a um, a song for radio play, he will do this like it's like a ding ding like I, I, I can't even like try and yeah. recreate it but in this song they use that after saying about like you're a fucking biter and I over the, the effing yeah they use that and I just I just think that things like that are brilliant like these little Easter eggs yeah. in songs and hip hop just has them going through their veins sort of thing whereas you obviously you get it in rock and other genres mm-hmm. but not to the same degree I don't know if you uh, if you know of any songs that reference the past I guess not off the top of my head no no but like games do that all the time right with Easter eggs mm-hmm. referencing like other, other yeah games of course as well yeah 
I, th- I think that's a cultural thing since the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And obviously through to now today. I think prior to that, everyone was like, everything is original. Everything I do is original. Now yeah. people are realizing, like, actually, you know what? You have to give the people before me a pat on the back and say, you know what? No idea was ever original. And it's just a recreation of something that someone else thought of. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So I do like um, that aspect of hip hop. It's probably the reason why I like it so much as well. But any, any other finds and likes of that uh, LP of Dive? Well, what I wanted to do, yeah, um, because it was actually my first time listening to it. Oh, okay. So what I wanted to do, like the first time, I just like stopped and listened. Like I didn't. You didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Phone. I was just listening to the whole thing. Wasn't checking song names or anything. Um, however, when I heard the reference to uh, Gil Scott Heron. You had to pull it back. I had to go back and see and check the song and everything. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I know what that is now. <laughs> and the thing is, I know about him because of the post you made on Instagram. Oh, really? That's right? the only reason why? Yeah. And, well, I, I sort of... Like you knew all. I kind of, yeah. He was like slightly familiar. Mm. And, of course, because of um, the comment you put on it, in like the um, description saying the revolution will not be televised and stuff oh, right, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I sort of got the reference Clicks. then. Right. So then I was like, oh shit, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I really liked how I understood that, despite the fact that before you played the first Black Milk song for me, I'd never heard of him before. Yeah. And now I know, and now I've, and now I'm understanding like references and... in his music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love how I got that from an Instagram post. And song. <laughs> like and now I'm It's I'm amazing how it. everything nowadays is. is so yeah, embedded and everything yeah. links up. Yeah, that was that was amazing. That was a nice little moment. Oh nice. Earlier. <laughs> so when are you shipping out the uh, the next orders then? Right, so uh the deadline is for the next batch of orders. I wanna say I put the twentieth down. Where's the song? Oh that's the wrong one. Yeah, so the twentieth. So um it will be Wait, where's a calendar? I need a calendar. Just so I can work out here. Yeah, 20th. So I'll be shipping out by the 27th. So everything... So I'll, I'll probably give yours on the 26th. Yeah. For the pod, for the next podcast. Um, the week after next. Um, but yeah, every, everyone else will be shipped out on the 27th. To arrive by the 30th or 31st. Which is what I'm going to try and do every month. Mm-hmm. So like next month, for example, the deadline will probably be around the 17th, 18th, which is a Monday and Tuesday. Um, and then to aim to ship out by the 24th and 25th, the week after. So, you know, it's it's a payday sort of weekend surprise yeah. sort of thing. Um, yeah, that's, that's why I've got what you're called in at the moment, penciled in at the moment. But obviously, that can change month on month depending on what the feedback is. Mm-hmm. Whether people want them earlier, whether people, I don't know, whether people want custom timelines. It's like, actually, you know what? I want them in the middle of the month on the Wednesday. Maybe it's a case of then I can perhaps potentially do that. I have to look at the logistics of it Mm -hmm. to make sure it's um, still profitable in terms of my time. I mean, that's something you could offer for like the top tier, right? Uh, potentially, yeah. That is more of like a custom, yeah, definitely custom deal. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be so. Like for example, at the moment, like obviously, I've got the so I've got the three price plans. Mm-hmm. The Renaissance is thirty five pound a month, um, which is <laughs> the aim of it was would be um, originally was that um, 
it'd be one to two records a month. Mm -hmm. People don't want to pay £35 for one record, which is understandable um, because most records are only worth 20 to Mm £25. So £35 is ridiculous. But I was hoping to like add in singles then on top. Yeah. So at the moment, that's the structure of it. So it's one LP and one sort of EP or single. Uh, then you've got Quite Delicious, which is essentially two LPs or potentially more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the finest is potentially anything. So if I'm on Discogs and I find a record at a very low price, which is worth more than £100 mm-hmm. or maybe worth more than £50, I will buy it and ship it to them um, along with other records. So typically for the, for the finest one, it'll be probably five records a month. Mm-hmm. But... There are records out there which are worth hundreds of pounds. Like yeah. there's um, a Brazilian record that I absolutely love, which um, goes for like eleven, twelve hundred pound. The the original pressings. Yeah. Um. So it's things like that. Like I want to find these gems in record stores and things like that. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, no one signed up for the final, so I haven't had to worry about it yet. But at some point, <laughs> mm-hmm. I might have to worry about it. But with the current structure, I might look. That's either reducing the tiers down, because what I've noticed um, is people are only talking about the Renaissance as a potential. Mm-hmm. Only you have ordered Quite Delicious, which is the middle tier. Everyone else seems to favour Renaissance. So either it's a case of maybe adding something, because a lot of people, there's, there's a lot, and I'm talking about 90%, will look at Renaissance as a potential, add it to their, uh, to their car to go mm. to checkout, start filling in the information, then bounce off. Yeah. Um, and I think that's down to the price point. So I've fiddled with the website a little to change the copy of what is the guarantee of what the Renaissance brings. But I'm also looking at potentially adding in a 20 to 25 pound bracket yeah. price plan. Only problem with that is no profit in whatsoever. Mm. And I definitely would not be able to offer the amount of uh, personalization that I currently do with the other plans. So I'm trying to figure that out at the moment before adding it in. So we'll have to see. Because I don't think it's necessarily doable. Because at the moment, because this is the thing with, you know, the competitors that I have. Yeah. So like Vinyl Me Please. Um, uh, who else is out there? Vinyl without the I. They all because of their size, they go to the record labels they and, and the artists and they say, look, we're going to press 500 copies of this album. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that? Uh, and then they, they work out a you know a royalty fee based on each record. So maybe it's a pound. Mm-hmm. The actual pressing itself only costs, say, four pound. Um, and so that record's only cost them five pound to make. So then selling it at £25, which is what the probably the going rate for that vinyl that, that vinyl record is, mm-hmm. it's a big margin. The current structure that I have doesn't allow me to have those margins. At the moment, it's not profitable the way I'm doing it anyway. So I'm just losing money every month, <laughs> essentially, especially if I was to start deducting my time from it. Yeah. So I'm trying to work out ways of... Essentially, I want to get to a point of, like, I don't mind losing the money now mm-hmm. or, the, or the, the potential money in terms of if I was to deduct, deduct my time. Um, what I care about is the culture of it. Yeah. So I want to get to a point at scale where then I can start doing those ideas of having something special pressed mm-hmm. and having a limited edition version of, I don't know, Dive, for example, by Black Milk yeah. um, pressed um, and doing something special around that and then sending that out. 
um, where there will be more margin in it, where I can have a bit more fun with it, um, and not to take advantage of the customer or anything like that, just to like add to the 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 perceived value of things. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I obviously haven't got that scale, so I can't do that yet. <laughs> That's how Vinyl Deli is going at the moment. Oh, and also, there's a um, a lady, uh, Maddie. She, um, I think she found me via an ad I'm doing on Instagram and Facebook at the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, over Christmas, she, I think she followed Vinyl Deli personally on Instagram. And then she has an account called, I want to say it's Good Jazz. I might have got that wrong. I'll check now, just in case. Real good jazz is her account, okay? Mm-hmm. But she, um, she's amazing in that she reached out to me um, and said, hi, I was just wondering if there's any jobs going or potentially any um, volunteer experience that I could um, apply for. Mm-hmm. Um, and sent me her CV and, you know, she's done a lot of work in, in music. She um, is currently studying some form of music degree. And uh, she does work for her, for her university radio channel, her radio show, um, and like all these different things. It was like you know, here are my ideas. What do you think of them? And she had some really good ideas. I've I have thought of before, but I I don't think there's um, business purpose of them. Not business purpose. What's the what's the word I'm looking for, Terrace? Business. I'm having one of those moments. Would I start the sentence again? Uh, so yeah, this this Maddie um, lady, she has loads of ideas for Vinyl Deli on where it could go. Yeah. Um, and you know potential avenues of of expansion mm-hmm. and sort of sister companies, um, but they don't necessarily. And I have thought of some of them before, not all of them. She has had some really good input on some things, um, but they, there isn't enough uh, business again. What's it called? Business. Well, you mean it's not viable? Not viable. Yeah, it's not potentially viable. Mm-hmm. Right now. There's a word for it. Yeah, I can't think of what it's called. But even in the future, I don't think there there's a potential market for it, for some of the ideas. But no, she's been absolutely brilliant so far, and I'm going to throw her some uh, tasks over the next week to uh, get her stuck in mm-hmm. with what she wants to, and I want to make sure as well. You know what's really weird. And I, f- I find it really weird. But on the basis that I'm unable to currently offer a paid position and mm-hmm. she's happy to do um, experience on a, on, a, on a basis of it being free and volunteered, I'm very much in a position where I'm like, what do you want to get out of it? And mm-hmm. I'll give you that work. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's weird being in a position of hiring someone because obviously I'm normally in a position of the employee. Mm-hmm. But now it's a case of someone approaching me and saying, look, I'd love to work for you or work for, rather work for Vinyl Daily. Um, how can I help? And I'm like, no, no, no. How can we help you? Or how can I help you? What do you want to do? What will add value to your CV? And I'll allow you to do it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want, if it's going to be a free exchange, I don't want to be the one that's getting 60%, 70% value out of it. I want it to be more 50-50 or potentially 40-60. Mm-hmm. You get the 60 I take the 40. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really interesting how I've just thought like that. Like instantly I was like emailing her back and saying, okay, if we're going to do this, what do you want to get out of it that you'll be pleased with? I will make that happen. Um, 
so yeah it's just a bit yeah that's the current status of uh, of Vinyl Delhi. well it's nice if someone reached out and that's lovely yeah yeah I definitely need to um, uh, what's the word oh my god what is wrong with me tonight Mr. Beer what is wrong with me uh, it's um, you've been hit by a forklift truck I've been, yeah. <laughs> Who happens to be robotic and uh, has a disco party on top of me as he knocks me out? So on the topic of vinyl, yeah, um, I was thinking that like, <coughs> yeah, Christmas and New Year rolled around, mm-hmm. and um, you and I don't really do like birthday cards and gifts and stuff like that. No, it's just like we'll go out and it's like you know we we'll buy each other a couple of drinks or whatever. Yeah, but I thought, yeah, that. Uh, in the uh, sort of the feel in the vibe if you will the vibe of Vinyl Deli and Crates and Vinyl yeah. I thought I should actually get you something um, but the thing is I I um, I thought there's loads of stuff I could get you yeah right but I thought what would be a really nice thing is if I shared something with you rather than just bought something for you yeah right so I actually have it here I oh, have, hidden away. I have. <laughs> I was like, where have you got it? Possibly my yeah. favourite album. Right. And I thought, I don't even own this yet. Mm. But I thought, why don't I buy this for you and share my love for this with you? Right. So I actually got you um, Kings of Leon, only by ah. the <laughs> From Discogs, by the way. Which, okay. And that is the one with Sex on Fire, right? That is, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's uh, two record. Oh, I love it. So I thought I could uh, share just, that with you. Obviously, I've seen this artwork yeah. before um, on like Apple Music and stuff. But I haven't seen the full, the gatefold, mm-hmm. which is this, obviously. That's brilliant. I love that. Thank you, mate. That's all right. I haven't actually given the full album a full listen before. It's. I mean, it's definitely worth it. As I say, it's probably one of my oh favorite my God. albums. That's how oh, this came out like twenty eleven, two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. I think, yeah. It's got here myspacecom slash Uh huh. <laughs> so is this an original uh, original pressing? You know, I don't know. Oh, this is amazing. I don't know. I love. This is one thing I love about albums, whether mm. it was CD or anything. There was the fact that you could always find the credits. Whereas now, when you go to um, SoundCloud or, yeah, or Spotify YouTube or, or Spotify, whatever like that, you have produced by in mm-hmm. brackets. Whereas before, it was a case of who gave a shit. It was yeah. in the credit notes. It was in the line notes. Who cared? Well, that's brilliant. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to see that. I thought that was really cool. That was really cool. That is really, really cool. Thank you. So I thought that'd be who's, nice. Who's Angelo Petraglia? I don't is know. Is that part of the band? Is I don't know, one? honestly. And Jack... Jack I, I'm butchering the names, but Jack... Jack Choir King? That's brilliant. That's the thing I just love looking at. I love looking at the artwork and things like that. It's like the mm-hmm. actual... The, the, the full experience yeah. of having something in your hand again it's lost. physical yeah yeah that's brilliant oh and it's embossed mm. I think yes it is oh, that is brilliant I love that 
No, it's fantastic. That's a fantastic present. Thank you. It's okay. But yeah, I'll stick it by that for now. So perhaps we should have some music. Yeah. I tell you what, on that basis, should we have sex on fire? Okay, why not? <laughs> and then we can play some music afterwards. <laughs>
Nah, no satisfaction for my effort is never enough Don't fall for hype, I'm more like Tesla, no gassing me up Pump ass and puffs in the back of the lunchroom with no supervision Thinking about who would listen and suddenly drew attention It's by the bucket of your pockets up before it's over We hustle up, it ain't about no luck, no fully plover I show it's all reality when written A fan of me, this ain't no fantasy, more fact than fiction yeah, you ain't got a way down. In my dreams, don't think I'm trying to wake up. Hope and pray to get my baby for the days up. People saying what they say, I don't say much. Take a look much closer, it's passion, no poser Back then when backs against the wall about to fall, don't fold up Pump the brakes like hold up, came short and who showed up Show the ones who didn't sell it so and show the ones who sold them Step back and I'm zoning, that's a new cat, that's a new black That's mixed with the old him, and I don't think that we know him Going in when I enter, trying to be the first victor Never photogenic, so I let the flow paint the perfect picture Don't forget where I came from, came from where the pain comes Ask me the name of day without the pain, honestly can't name one different day and ain't changed none let me know when that change come in the meantime in between time i'll be here with my day ones yeah you ain't gotta wait up in my dreams i think i'm trying to wake up hope and pray to get my baby for the days up people saying what they saying i don't say much First song was Kings of Leon. Yeah. Second song is called "You Like to Risk It All" by Black Milk, off of his album in 2017 called Fever. Um, I didn't think those two were going to mix as well as they did, <laughs> so I'm glad I tried it because <laughs> I kind of pulled it off. Um, but yeah, I, I have to admit I love "Sex on Fire," and I was I was saying to Terrace um, halfway through uh, playing that song. That in, I think it was 2010, 2011, potentially, um, there was a um, X Factor contestant who probably did the song more justice than Kings of Leon did. Um, and I remember my mum loving it. And during the record, um, during um, me playing the uh, the records, Terrace found out who that person's name was. Sir Jamie Archer. Yeah. Or Jamie he, Afro. Jamie Afro. <laughs> And uh, you said he had like 52... On the official X Factor UK channel from 10 years ago, it's 52 million views. Mad. Unbelievable. That is crazy. But I don't even watch X Factor, but I remember that. I remember, yeah, because that was epic. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I think that was his audition. Yeah, that that was... 
something like that. It was like one of his first editions. That was his like second edition because he had the initial to one to get I think. into like the camp, the boot camp. And then or he was, and then he was on um, on stage and singing that one. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. He 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 like I think that was the reason why that song was on the map for me. Mm-hmm. And certainly my mum. My mum probably wouldn't have known the song otherwise. But yeah, crazy. It's nuts though, isn't it? How like how things like that happen in culture, mm-hmm. where someone will take something and turn it into their own potentially, and then then it becomes incredibly popular because of someone else's recreation of it. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Well, not long before he died, um, Johnny Cash did a cover of the Nine Inch Nails song "Hurt," and he sung it completely differently. Which you and, yeah, and it, it is phenomenal. Yeah, and I remember listening to the Nine Inch Nails version, not really liking it that much. Really, but a year ago, um, give or take, I started listening to it again, and it's a really, really good song. I really like it. Mm. Yeah, um, but I was I was thinking about that earlier with the Kings of Leon. Um, the one song I'm not particularly fond of of the album Only by the Night right. is Seventeen. I remember right. not particularly liking that one, right. but I think I'm going to have to listen to it again because it's quite possible that now I'll be getting something a little different out of it. Maybe I'll be into it, I don't know. But yeah, it's, uh, it is amazing how a track that gets featured you know, on like X Factor or in a movie or in an advert yeah. can suddenly like take off yeah, yeah, yeah. or take back off decades later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how culture can really shape that. Yeah. It's insane, isn't it? And that's the thing as well. Like, weirdly, when I was um, getting in my car earlier to come here, I was thinking about, like, obviously, I said to you prior to recording this podcast, I have given no consideration of what we're going to be talking about today, mm-hmm. which I think in the future we potentially need to <laughs> become a bit more structured in that regard. Yeah. But as I was getting in my car and driving off, I was thinking, oh, you know what is amazing? Culture. Mm. And, like, everything that I ever planned to do in my life going forward it is based on culture. So, like, I don't know if you are aware, but obviously I want to build a record label. Mm-hmm. I think you're aware of that. Um, but then as well, I want to build a uh, game development company, mm-hmm. which I think you're aware of. I think yeah. I mentioned to you in the past. Um, but I, I want to build essentially, like, all these companies. Like, hopefully one day as well, I build a, a fashion company as well, the, mm-hmm. you know... Creates polos after Ralph Lauren's gone because I need someone to. Um, I don't know why. Why do I say Ralph Lauren as well? By the way, it's Ralph Lauren. But um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I I need someone to uh, make polos um, for me in in this sort of style after the legend that is Ralph Lauren um, passes away, um, which will you know might happen one day. I hope not, but you never know. Maybe he'll live to uh, one hundred and fifty or something, which would be amazing if he does um but uh yeah you know i, I want to get into all these different sort of industries which mm-hmm. build culture on the simple fact that it makes things easier to sell in a way if you if you embed yourself in a culture mm-hmm. so for example um the uh a car in the gta games called the infernus yeah is based off of lamborghini mm-hmm. in vice city it's um based off the Countach. I wouldn't have known what the Countach was until playing Vice City. I then asked my dad, what does this car remind you of? My dad telling me. Mm-hmm. 
because it was a, a car from the 70s. I, I hadn't seen it in movies or anything like that. But then that car became iconic for me, not because, not like, it was iconic for my dad's generation because he saw it get built and that's what, like, was the poster model on his wall sort of thing, if that makes sense, when he was a kid. Mm. For me, it was only because of GTA did I find that. So it's like the embedded culture and the extension of it is what fascinates me. So that's the reason why I want to get into what I do want to get into, if that makes sense, is these elements of culture, the, the build culture, um, not only for the, the the fact that I enjoy playing games, I enjoy making music, I enjoy listening to music, um, but also for the simple fact that later in life when I want to sell a car or, um, I don't know, if I want to sell someone a watch, <laughs> I have these... Um, businesses around me which help me do that yeah I, I thought that was just something that weirdly you brought up you mm. brought, brought up the you know culture um, or something I just thought I needed to bring up in terms of what my plans are in the future essentially I'm, I'm gonna I was gonna say I'm gonna rape culture but that sounds terrible <laughs> um, I, I'm going to uh, yeah make culture your bitch make culture my bitch <laughs> I like that I might, I might change that to my Instagram bio like that yeah. making culture my bitch making culture my bitch since 1994 <laughs> <laughs> well it is funny how you mentioned GTA yeah because I was thinking earlier because you mentioned that you got into certain songs because, because of GTA, GTA. Yeah, yeah yeah right and I've got into certain songs because of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 oh yeah 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 right because yeah. the music on there is fucking amazing yeah and on the like second side of the Black Milk album there's like there was a section that reminded me of a song from um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. And it's uh, When I'm On The Mic by um, Loot Pack. And oh was... my God, Mad Lib. Oh my God, yes. yes. Oh my and God. It, it had such a similar feel to a couple of the tracks on that al- on that record. And I absolutely loved it. That is, yeah. Oh, mate. I, was thinking I, about that I love that. I love the fact that you even know who Loot Pack are. Mm. That is brilliant. Okay, we're gonna have to play that later. We'll definitely be playing that. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've got that set up ready. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. The only problem is I've got it synced at seventy-seven BPM. It's not gonna work. But uh, yeah, so that's that's amazing. Mm. So, what other games did you play that have influenced your style, your concepts? Like maybe like. Um, I don't know, you've watched a movie maybe that you've seen someone and you're like, oh my God, he's cool as fuck. I'm going to look like him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, has there, has there been any moments like that before? I was like big into Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I, I'm not sure if I've mentioned on you have, before. I don't know if you've mentioned on here, you've mentioned right, it to I me. have mentioned it to you in private. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously I really like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Right. Um, and there is a really good song in uh, the movie John Wick. The okay. first one, I think it's in the other as well. It's called Think by Collider. Right. And that is an amazing track. Right. I really love that. And that's like one of my favourite songs. Um, because I isn't, saw it. Isn't Collider um, a bit EDM? Was it rock? No. No, they're... I, I don't know who Collider are. No, I think they're more uh, indie. Ah, okay. But yeah, it's like a very different feel to like um, EDM. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it is. I mean, EDM spans like fucking 700 genres. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, yeah, right? it does actually. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So like half the music out there is probably EDM vaguely. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like there's there's so many movies that I've watched over the years that I think have impacted me differently at different parts of my life. 
just so much so that they've become so intrinsic to periods of my life that I probably can't even just bring them up because they don't even stand out to me. It's so embedded, right? Like this. Well, I get you. Like it's just parts of your life. Yeah. It's your background. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. They're like so. Uh, they're just like mainstays. Yeah. That's the amazing thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just how things become, like you say, a mainstay. They become totally normal in your life, and you don't even think about it. Mm. It's just there, mm. and you don't. You don't. It's not even. You, it's not your mother. It's not. Yeah. You know. It's not. It's not your family. It's this thing. It's this. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. It's just an abstract thing. Sometimes you have a, a thing of you have a, an obsession with. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I find it amazing. Amazing how culture works. It's always intrigued me. It's always intrigued me how people think the way they do about certain things mm-hmm. um, and whether they have certain emotions to it whether it's love hate uh, jealousy things like that I always I thrive off it I do it's a bit of a weird obsession <laughs> <laughs> but I think most people do like I think most most people who do well in business seem to appreciate culture mm-hmm. as a mechanism for building a business or they better start appreciating it well, yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to be in business very long. No, that's very true. No. But like, you know, like whether it's for your employees, whether it's for your marketing, whether mm-hmm. it's for your um, end product, your customer experience, everything is affected by culture. Culture is the engine behind everything. Mm. That's probably quotable. It's probably someone's already said it, to be fair. Someone said it. Gary V. <laughs> Gary V's probably said it. Probably. Yeah. He says every fucking thing I want to say. That's the, that's the most annoying thing. You know when I discovered Gary Vee? Yeah. I remember I was in uni. I think it was like my first year of uni. So that was like 2013. And I remember, I think it was um, Ask Gary Vee. It was like episode like 20 or something. It came up. Um, and I watched it. And like everything that he was on, like I was answering the questions that were coming into him the same way he was. Yeah. <laughs> and he was saying the exact same thing. It was obviously in a different... Um, tone or, or, or a different way sort of thing in a different sentence yeah. but the, the crux of it were the same answer that really annoyed me so mm. I gave him a follow <laughs> yeah it's um... but I think I think that's probably again he is a mastermind of culture sorry to interrupt but he's mm. a mastermind of culture because the, the reason why so many people like him and follow him is because he says what everyone thinks do you know what I mean yeah or he can at least put it into words, I suppose. Yes, I suppose so. Yes, yeah, communication aspect, which I probably don't. Uh, I, I probably don't hold that uh, skill. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. What were you going to say? <clears throat> well, obviously, like one of my main goals in life is to become um, a doctor. I thought you were going to right? say MMA Sci- <laughs> a, sci- a psychologist, right? Yeah. And obviously, that is like a huge part of culture and how it works. And yeah. Um, so who knows? Maybe I will end up with like counselling, which is currently my goal. But oh, to become a counsellor, yeah, right. I was going to say with counsellors, <laughs> but, but you never know. Maybe I'll end up in uh, in a larger uh, corporation. In terms of. In terms of like, like what um, position? Well, like helping what, in, people inside? with like marketing or something. Right. Because yeah, it's it's interesting to think about how like the business landscape is going to is going to change in the next 10 20 years. Oh, it's going to be massive, mate. And how how differently you would be viewing like certain roles and mm. you know certain roles that don't even exist yet would be like huge. 
and yeah, marketing as a role. Mm. I mean, obviously you need that sort of human um, interpretation of creativity and, and, um, of, and of culture, mm. um, which is always going to be there. But I mean, a lot of the tasks that I do on a daily basis, AI will take over. Mm. And so a lot of the, the tasks I do on a daily basis and potentially job roles in marketing will disappear eventually. I mean, it's not going to happen in a probably 10-year macro because I don't think the technology is going to get that far advanced that quickly. But one day it will. And obviously with... There's, there's a quote in a book somewhere that I've heard someone say, so I don't even know who the original person who said it is. I don't even know where I got it from. But in devastation comes opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in the aftermath of 9-11. Because after 9-11, obviously the... Um, uh, the markets crashed and someone bought into like a bunch of stocks that crashed that day because obviously um, New York was devastated um, and yeah there was like some there was a couple of people who made like absolutely thousands or millions of pounds mm-hmm. on their couple of thousand pound investment that day just because they saw the opportunity whilst everyone else was you know the world was burning in flames literally um, with the images of the, 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 the Twin Towers. And I've always had that quote in the back of my head ever since. Mm-hmm. I, I heard that in like 2004, 2005. I'm sure I did when I was a kid. And ever since, that's always been in the back of my head. Even when there's devastation going on, even when people are crying in tears, there's always opportunity to make something good out of it. Even in your own life, even if something terrible is happening, you can still make something good out of it. So weirdly, in terms of investments as well, there is something that I um, uh, wanted to share with you as well. So over the Christmas period, I took um, a, a, a relative amount of my savings and I put it into crypto, cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of sort of like day trading, so to speak, in terms of holding it for a short period of time and then selling it, which is what I've done in the past, um, I decided I'm going to actually invest in things as if they were a company. Yeah. Because that's essentially how some cryptocurrencies work. It it, it um, helps a company's platform. Um, it's essentially the engine behind the company's platform. Yeah. So there's a company called Ripple, and they specialize in payments. Um, and their cryptocurrency is XRP. So I put a couple of hundred quid into that, um, because at the moment I think it's really, really, really. It's like. A, it was when I bought into it, I think it was at 14p per XRP it's yeah. now at 16p um, so I've made a bit of profit there uh, so far unless it crashes um, but um, the idea behind it is that all payment processes happen within seconds not days yeah. so like if you're making a cross-border payment i.e. if I'm paying someone in Europe it's typically going to take three days for it to clear and XRP takes that time out of the equation. It happens in like 30 seconds rather than three days. I, I think that is absolutely brilliant, especially in the company that I work for, because mm-hmm. I know how massively painful it is for there to be a uh, disjointed cash flow. Even though we're such a big company, I know how finance feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly for me as well, like when I'm waiting for a check... Like, if I have a check for my birthday now, it's going to take three days for me to actually see that in my bank account sometimes. That really pisses me off. I want it there and then. 
Mm-hmm. So I have I'm weirdly I saw an ad for Starling Bank today as well when when watching Sky. Yeah. Sky Sports. And I've been with them now for about a year, so I'm so glad they're at that point now. Well, I'm going to sign got... up with Starling as well. I've got that saved on my phone. Oh, they're ready brilliant. To go. They, they're absolutely fantastic. They're the top-rated bank in the UK. Two years running, apparently, yeah. according to the ad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad now they're at a, a stage where they can actually start doing this sort of mass media mm-hmm. marketing push. Um, but uh, yeah, they've been fantastic. I've, I've been with them for at least 12 months. And... As soon as I pay for something, so it's brilliant on a night out. Like I, used, I originally I was using them as a um, like I put two hundred quid away or three hundred quid away a month, mm-hmm. and say so that's my spending cash for the month. So on a night out, if I ran out of that three hundred quid, I knew I needed to go home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's absolutely brilliant that I'm on a night out and I get a ping to my phone saying you've just spent ten pound uh, on a round of beers in such and such a place mm-hmm. I think that instant notification is brilliant and no other bank before that I've ever been with has ever managed to do that which is why I've bought into XRP so much because I, I literally think that's going to be absolutely massive and whether XRP are the ones who win Ripple are the ones who win or if it's someone else who comes up with the idea and, and fine tunes it and makes it work the idea and the concept behind it is absolutely massive for the financial industry mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to see uh if you'd ever heard about it, obviously you heard of Starling Bank, which is amazing. Um, so you, you sort of probably have an idea of what I mean, of what I'm talking about. Um, but I just wanted to see if you have any opinions on it. Well, not of cryptocurrency, but of payment processing and that technology. Well, I mean, anything that makes uh, something faster is automatically going to be uh, extremely popular, right? And extremely useful. Yeah. But then the question is, why is it taking so long? Because I don't know, honestly, I don't. I actually haven't got an answer for that. I assume because the technology hasn't been there before mm. to make those processes quick. Because before it's always been with fiat's, so it's always been um, the pound going to the euro. And yeah. It's actually having an exchange of cash or assets within a bank. So maybe it's an exchange of an amount of gold. Maybe I don't. I don't know how banks work, but yeah. you know, it, it might be some form of asset that has to change hands, and that might take a couple of days for them to actually mm-hmm. transport it. Yeah, so the reason why companies like this come out of nowhere pretty much, it doesn't work like that, but the reason why companies like this get to thrive really quickly is because companies who are already in the industry are becoming complacent, right? It's mm-hmm. so like, why didn't like Barclays or HSBC come up with this? <laughs> or Woolworth. Woolworth? Woolworths. Yeah. Like, why wasn't this a thing? It's yeah. like, why didn't like taxi companies come up with Uber? Yeah. Right. And now they're fighting with licenses yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. again cultural. People get in in um the environments in the world, people get complacent, people get comfortable. Mm-hmm. They are in a has it gone mono? No, it hasn't, is it? No, it's fine. Sorry guys, we're having a bit of technical uh, difficulties, so we're just monitoring things a little. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because obviously you have people who they think they're safe because they've been at the top for, you know, 30, 40, maybe 15, maybe 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they don't think that they need to innovate. They don't think they need to um, evolve what they currently do, what, what, what currently works for them, which is mm-hmm. stupid as hell. I don't understand why anyone would think that something they've built is going to be there for ever or is going to be needed forever 
It's like you have buildings demolished every single day because their purpose is no longer needed. Mm-hmm. And something else is going to be built, like a bunch of flats. Or, do you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. People don't understand the concept. People get, like like we said earlier, complacent. Um, so it, it's... I, I think the, the concept of the technology is absolutely amazing. Why it hasn't been done before, I have no idea. Um, I can only assume it's because of the, um, like I said earlier, the, the physical assets, mm-hmm. which are now digital, thanks to um, cryptocurrencies. Um, and that's the only thing I can assume is the reason why payments can now be a lot quicker than they used to be. But then how do Starling work? They must use some form of digital assets for that to work, right? For them to... Be able to say that this money is going to... Like, how, how, how is their software working in the back end? Because obviously, like, the great thing with them is they're a small bank. So they're, mm-hmm. probably, they're probably on the back of, like, HSBC, which is similar to First Direct, who I'm also with. Um, but, yeah, both banks, I think, I think Starling uses HSBC. Hmm. So how does their software work? Is it just a case of... I assume it's a case of... What is face value on your app to say this is what's in your account? Yeah, is not necessarily live. But what they're telling you is this is what you've spent and this is what's coming out of your account. But we're not going to tell you it's coming out of your account. It is out of your account. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I assume they've just like configured it that way to make it. The actual transaction hasn't happened, but it has, on our front end, from what we see. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's just like an it's like an instant notification. Yeah. But there's they're still waiting on their end. Yeah. So yeah. In, so on their end, they still haven't got that money, or they still haven't given that money away. Mm-hmm. But on our end, we have, or they have. Yeah. So so essentially, then once they get to a a volume large enough where they can have their own bank, uh, and, and build their own back end, mm-hmm. XRP might be their perfect solution because it means that they are not at risk of a lack of cash flow, potentially. Well, the thing is with large banks, I think they have permission to like loan something like 10 times as much cash as they have at any one time. Really? Yeah. They don't have- I guess that kind of makes sense. They don't have to rely just on like their store of money or gold. Hmm. So when you're dealing with crypto, like I guess it's, um, I don't know, would you be, uh, because like them at the moment, I suppose they're, as we say, you know, they're waiting for transactions, mm-hmm. but they have shown them instantly on the app or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just they're, they're waiting for theirs. But yeah, it would be interesting to see how it works with, uh, with the crypto then. Because mm. are any large banks using crypto? Um, in certain countries there are. There was a country a couple of days ago... Um, I need to find out the information because I do not want to get my facts wrong. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Um, but there was there was an announcement for Ripple mm-hmm. that they were going to... Oh, there you go. Thailand's oldest bank. They were partnering with them um, on ensuring cross-border payments were instant. Um, but I think currently they're doing it via QR codes or something. They've got some sort of QR code technology. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that's what they're so they're they're back they're they're partnering with that bank. I can't remember what they SCB. It was um 
uh, Siam Commercial Bank. Yeah. Um, and apparently they already have that um, capability, so I don't know what Ripple are bringing to the table, to be honest. Obviously, they're bringing something new. Um, but it's essentially to ensure that um, people visiting um, Thailand have instant access to their funds, to their money. Yeah. Um, which is going to be massive for them from a tourist point yeah. of view, I'm I sure. I mean, that would probably be why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be, yeah. Something like that's going to be massive. But apparently they can they can already do it, so I don't understand what the big news is there. But anyway, yeah, I'm sure Ripple have something up their sleeves to make it even more efficient. I don't really know the full crux of it. I just know I love the sound of the technology, and I'm willing to uh, place a bet. <laughs> right. So should we get started on another beer? Sure. So we've got two left. There's the uh, <laughs> the Babyface Assassin. And the Wonderlust. What I can't remember what either were. Um, so, so they're both IPAs, right? So Wonderlust is. Uh... Is that what IPA stands for? India Pale Ale. Indian Pale Ale. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. I learned something new today. Did you guys know that? Comment below. <laughs> I don't think there are any comment sections on any of the podcast platforms, are there? I don't think there are. Oh, so, so sorry, guys. Comment on Instagram. Comment on Instagram. Yeah, let us know. Message us. Vinyl Deli underscore UK. Or Crater Vinyl um, underscore UK. <laughs> yeah, or well, that one. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> we have Baby Faced Assassin is a deceptively drinkable Indian pale ale that shouldn't be taken lightly. Brewed with 100% citra hops that create aromas of mango, apricot, grapefruit, and mandarin orange, along with a lasting, juicy, tropical, bitter uh, fruitiness. That sounds amazing. So would you like that one? What's the other one? The other one's... You fancied that one, didn't the, you? The other one says fuck all on it, so... <laughs> That's what I'm searching for just now. <laughs> Literally nothing. Ah, <coughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Literally says nothing. So you can have the baby face. Fine. And uh, Babyface Assassin. I'll have right. this uh, this secret one. Roosters Brewing Company. Since 1993. Wow. Wow. This is one thing I don't like about this can. Is they've been cheap enough to instead put plastic on instead of getting the cans printed. Mm. Suitable for vegans. Lightly filtered. 176 calories. Mate, you're going to be fat. Doesn't even have any um, thing on this, is it? Doesn't even have the alcohol. Oh, yeah, does it? I lie. Yeah, calories on alcohol isn't a legal requirement yet. I don't believe. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it's different because what about what about because they're quite heavy in sugars, right? Mm. It, it depends. So, like, I think um, like non-alcoholic beer and wine and stuff has to have it on because it's not alcohol. Mm. But um, yeah, I think they get a they get a pass on it at the moment, at least. Ooh. <laughs> you know what my grandfather does. My mum's side. Anytime he takes a sip of anything, he goes. <laughs> he smacks his lips together like he's Mick Jagger. <laughs> right, so shall we have some more music? Sure. And guess what I'm going to play? <laughs> Loot pack. Ha 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 ha. Yes, yes. 
Return of the B-Boy style Props to all the B-Boys and B-Girls in the house Check it out I got the vibe One, two, check One, two, three Wild with the style Check one, two, check One, two, check Just jack, wreck the rhyme Hell As it may seem, it's seen as not a capability for most to possess. You gotta catch up and take the time to create. Construct that mix straight, so whack the mix straight. Drinking the V8, I'm like a baseball player on track. Got on still cleats. Represent the conscious style until it hits the streets. My backbone attack rap bone. Got mad rap tones. I need straight fake mad lip beats and crack a jack bone. Uh-huh. It's time for lunch already. Yes, past lunch. I eat them seeds like Captain Crunch. I attack and I punch. Rapping is such different style that's unlike yours. Whack and seeds, I point you out and point out all of your flaws, all of your. Jaws get broken, styles no joking, battling, straight up battling is what I'm provoking. But I'll die before this whack MC infects me. Hip hop industry to the point I cannot breathe. But if Wild Child dies before Wild Child wakes, I pray to God to step down and take down all them fake MCs. Pretty please. Uh-huh. I got the vibe. Check one, two, check one, two, three. Wild with the style. Check one, two, check one, two, three. Just wreck the rhyme. Hell Jump straight from the bass onto the kicks Not freestyling MCs, fall down straight in the pits My name is Jack, spontaneous freestylist when I catch wreck Brothers buy me so hard saying my rhymes I ain't wrote yet So I take it to the max, take out fake funk and jacks Get to the point as I rock up on my lip bumping tracks You used to get busy at open mics, nah, I still do I kill crews, lyrically spiritually, yo, I will do Anything it takes to bring me boy style back And it thinks for you to make you say my rhyme style's fat But I'll die before this whack MC infects the Hip-hop industry to the point I cannot breathe But if Wild Child dies before Wild Child wakes I pray to God to step down and take down all the fake MCs Give the watch up, I'm a roller up Big wheels, Cadillac grilled up Keep it extra, daddy got the dealer Custom, plus them 22's, what you say, what's them? Third row, square tens I let the bass hit, so they wear in So loud, roll out Tip the windows with the hydro cloud Big trucks, best when it's cold out Hit me pulling up in front of your house When I hop in, it gets the job in All cheap niggas, keep it knocking, knocking
Right, so that first song was obviously when I'm on the mic by Loop Pack. Um, do you know Madlib then? On the basis of no, not Loop particularly. Pack? Ah, bugger. Okay. Well, anyway, the second song was Champion Sound by Jlib, which was um, a combination of Jay Diller and Madlib. Um, so Madlib was the one who produced that record, and Jay Diller was the rapper. Uh, well, he produced both records, um, Madlib. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm actually amazed. You know who Loop Pack are? Yeah. I have to admit from our prior conversation. I think that's absolutely brilliant. How's your beer, by the way? How's your IPA? It's uh, a very nice this one, yeah. Mm. What does it remind you of? If you're going to be a um, aficionado. <laughs> well, this is um, far more hoppy than the other one. But yeah, no little, uh, no little story on this one. How shocking. Hmm. Have I got a story? Yeah. I think you've read this. Yeah, it's the one I read. Yeah. <clears throat> what does it say at the bottom? Rooster's Brewery Company is an independent family-owned brewery. A tap room based in Harrogate, North Yorkshire. Well, they brew and can this. Mm. So everything is... Okay. Do they can this? They probably have someone else. Uh... I'd be very interested to find out what the um, brewery companies actually do in terms of like how much of the process... They do themselves. Obviously, these guys, by the time they must do it all. And in which case, I forgive them for the uh, the plastic seal <laughs> on the outside. Yeah, these are good picks, mate. These mm-hmm. are good picks. We're going to do this every week, are we? Yeah. So, this is the best. What are we going to do with Craig? Just give him Coke. <laughs> Coke Zero. <laughs> yeah, so who knows what else we'll... Uh... We'll be getting then, so we can do like ales and stuff nice and easily. Yeah. Then maybe there'll be like wine occasionally or uh, port. Port. <laughs> nice Chardonnay. <laughs> but I was speaking with Andrew and I said what would be a great idea is to get like. We need to get him on. Th- we do, yeah. That'd be a good show. Which would be one weekend. Mm-hmm. I've got two weeks off in February. Have you? So we'll see. If so we so one in. weekend is us getting pissed. Yeah. And the, the other weekend, weekend is us two and Andrew getting pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So I said we should get like little glass bottles. Yeah. You know, with like labels on, and then we can um, give like samples of any whiskey we buy to each other. Oh, and, okay. And to other people as well. Yeah. In the UK, so we can like do stuff like that on Instagram and things. And send off samples. Oh, that'd be cool. And we get like little tasters. So you don't have to buy a whole bottle. Yeah. For like 40, 50, 60 quid. You'd have to get those little taster bottles. Yeah. Things. Yeah, ah, cool. I like a, that that's, idea. That's a nice idea, yeah. Only problem is you're going to have issues with licensing and and um, intellectual property of those companies, of those whiskey companies and things like that. Well, we won't be selling them. No, I know that. But you, would you still have issues with the IP? Well, you'll just be like them? giving it to a friend. Okay. You're not, um, I guess, you're not distributing it in uh, in that sense. Yeah. Otherwise, there's literally thousands of people on Instagram breaking the law. Oh my god, do people do that already? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just send off samples that. to each other. Yeah. Good god, I did, I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So Andrew's had uh, quite a few samples from other people as well. Oh, has he? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's where your connection with him is. Yeah. Then? That's the reason why you guys get up. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we do like the uh, like the higher strength whiskies, right? So rather than just like the thirty five percent or the forty percent, 
because he's uh, tried a few of his recent ones have been very high, like sixty-two and a half percent, I think. Bloody hell! One of them was, yeah. Yeah, so he's had some uh, very nice-looking whiskies, <laughs> in uh, in some very nice bottles as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the, it's like with the beers, you know, you've got to really stand out if you're a small company. Mm-hmm. Well, you, like anything. Yeah, and you can't just um, like mass market in that sense. Mm. You can't be like Budweiser. You've got to do something a little different. Mm. Yeah, so it's nice to see like the uh, the bourbon community, the whiskey community that he's involved with, mm. and it'd be great if because um, I know there's like a vinyl community, mm-hmm. right? And clearly, people are willing to reach out mm-hmm. uh, from this uh, lovely jazz lady. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, there was there was another person the other day as well. Um, I've I've forgotten his name already. Shit. But over the Christmas period, he um he reached out and was asking a few questions because he was trying to move from um I'm not going to name the competitor. But he was looking to move from another subscription-based um, record club mm-hmm. and move to mine. But he was asking a few questions. Um, he had a massive collection. He decided against it, um, which I suppose I, I don't think it's. I don't think Vinyl Dead. I think Vinyl Deadly would surprise you if you have a good if you have a big collection. By the way, I think we would surprise you. Um, but. Um, yeah, this guy ended up posting on a forum that he's on, um, recommending or at least you know saying that Vinyl Deli an alternative to the record club that he was talking about, which is mm-hmm. excellent as well. Uh, so thank you to, um, I think his name was Connor, if I remember correctly, but I might be wrong. I will check now just in case. I think his name was Connor. So thank you, Connor. Yes, it was Connor. Hey, <laughs> I got it right. Yeah, thank you, Connor. Yes, there's quite a few, like... Um, how have you got... So you've got toothpaste over here as well? Yeah. How the hell do you manage that? Well, I, I just come in here and wander around when I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it black? Because it's charcoal. Why are you brushing your teeth with charcoal toothpaste? Because it um, cleans them better. Does it? Yeah. Oh. It's charcoal. Yeah, it is black. Does it taste horrible? No, no, it's not bad. And you oh. get like minty flavored stuff as well, but I use the actual like powder. Oh. Yeah. Bloody hell, mate. Got everything. <laughs> <laughs> All over the walls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's great amounts of like overlap within like the music and the alcohol industry, which I suppose you'd, ex- uh, you'd expect, right? You'd, you'd, you'd mm, yeah. Yeah, you would. But I think a lot of industries are like that, though. I mean, I suppose there's overlap with everything in alcohol, pretty much. Yeah, 100%. And then there's overlap with music and everything. Everything else as well, yeah. And then, weirdly, and, and the only reason why I'm saying this is because of the company I work for, but there is overlap with everything, full stop. Mm. Because, like, if you talk... if you making glass bottles I know it's not cans but making glass bottles the company I work for help in that process mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like everything touches everything I think a lot of no matter what you were to come up with now if you said I don't know tweezers everyone has eyebrows yeah. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like everything is connected by at least one thing if that makes sense does that make sense yeah I hope that makes sense tweezers 
Yeah. Who is the brewing company of... Uh... Allendale Bruco. Yeah. Independent family-run brewery, handcrafted beer in England's last wilderness. What? Last wilderness? Yeah, Allendale, apparently in Hexham. Okay. Yeah, that's literally what it says in this one. No story or anything. Allendale Brewery Company. That's a bit disappointing, I've got to say. Wonderlust. We want a story. The flavour is nice. And there's a lot of artwork on here, so I guess that's supposed to give a story. Not that I can fucking follow it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most convoluted story I've ever seen, otherwise. But... I just realised you fixed your door handle. Or have you not? No, I haven't. Oh, you haven't. No, okay. no I, I tried the other day, but I can't because uh, the holes are now too big to get the screws in. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's, that's nothing to do with, like me or anything that's just a poor job being done on them yeah and then if I want to repair them now I'm going to have to stick like a chunk of wood between the door and the handle yeah to increase the amount of like yeah 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 so or get a new door yeah or fill them in with some filler maybe would that work yeah yeah it could do or some chewing gum or chewing gum yeah <laughs> yeah but it's like the classic example as I, as I said previously you know of like um, uh, a buy to let mm. right you buy a property, you do the minimum possible on it to get mm. it habitable, and then you rent it out. Yeah. And you can't even hold it against landlords because it's like, you know, well, that's, that's the way it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're going to be charging a lot of money for rent, you can't afford to, there's like, not... redo bathrooms and kitchens and stuff. And, no, no, no. And there's, um, there's not the money in it anymore. No. So. The government have done a good job there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm quite happy with this little flat. Yeah, it's a nice um, place, mate. Yeah, it's the, the the staircase outside is a bit dangerous. Yeah, especially when it's soaking wet. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's alright. It's nice. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's perfect for me. Perfect for me right now. Mm. Um, will it be in a year? I don't know. If it isn't, I'll move. But um, <laughs> just a great thing about renting. Yeah. But yeah, so um, plan on staying here for quite a while. Yeah. And then we'll see. Towards the end of this year, now, I'll reassess. Yeah. But I'll probably end up staying here for like another year anyway yeah. after that. So maybe I'll move in like 2021. Okay. But because it's like convenient for me right now with work and mm -hmm. visiting my mum and stuff and for you coming over. Yeah. And we have like a room here for the studio. Yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. I move to like a nicer place, maybe we wouldn't. Mm. You know. So yeah. So, or um, it becomes a, a case of if you start um, your company as well. Or the companies that you've been talking mm -hmm. about coffee um it might be a case of we end up having you a know shared make, like uh, yeah, office shared, space yeah. shared office space or yeah. potentially a shared house mm -hmm. although i don't know how we would feel about that me, like moving away from her um but it'd be a welcome addition to me mm. uh, to my life um then i'm joking okay don't hit me later and also by the way guys i'm joking she doesn't hit me <laughs> Just to get that straight. <laughs> she doesn't um, hit him. She doesn't hit me. Um, but uh, yeah, potentially we could have like, I don't know, we might befriend people who they all want to start similar businesses and we mm -hmm. might want to have a, a shared house yeah. somewhere, like, I don't know, nearer to London or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it could be a case of like, oh, okay, we can help each other. And 
we might end up all moving in together. <laughs> which would be a bit weird, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine you, me, and Craig living together. Wow. That'd be really fucking weird. <laughs> Craig wouldn't do it. That, that definitely wouldn't happen. I probably I wouldn't do so. it, to be fair. <laughs> so, yeah, so who knows? Mm. Who knows what happens? It will happen in uh, a couple of years. Yeah. Maybe we'll still be in the same position we are now. <laughs> Which I really hope not. <laughs> but the thing is, I was actually thinking the other day, <coughs> right? Yeah. I was thinking, oh, I could save, like, over the next couple of years, I could save really good money. Yeah. And then I could put a big deposit down on the house, mm-hmm. right? Or I could just repeatedly invest that money back into businesses. Yeah. And obviously there's and pros... potentially make more money. Yeah. There's pros and cons to both, right? But I think that over the next couple of years, that's probably what I should be doing. I should be reinvesting hmm. um, and rather than withdrawing funds, um, especially as I have a day job as well, which covers the bills. Yeah. So any extra money that comes in... Is a bonus. Yeah. And uh, I could pretty much just keep investing back into the businesses for the next few years and see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah I was... Uh, I've been thinking more lately about like free time and stuff instead of because like I was going to go back to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll have to see what my money's like this month, right. whether I pay for it this month or next month. Yeah. But I can get a nice cheap gym membership. Yeah. And that'll take like a certain amount of time out of my day. And then I've got like the the window cleaning business, then, which I'll be moving forward with, especially during my two weeks off. Yeah. And really fucking hammer it during those two weeks. Um, I Have you had any bites? Have you spoken to anyone? Well, there's like, there's like previous customers, right? But mm-hmm. the thing is, they would have found others by now. And I know a lot of them have, because I've, I've sort of gotten contact with some of them that I still have the details for. But um, I will be like pounding the pavements in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I've, I've, I've no... No doubt that I can get more customers again. Mm. You know, it's not really an issue. Um, but I, it'd be nice to get into a position where I can, um, where I'm not having to like worry about it. Mm. So, like we've spoken about, like me getting like two customers a day, right? Mm-hmm. And that's over the course of like a couple of months. That's re- very, very good. That's a, yeah, it was a lot you of know? money per day, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so that will all add up. Um, the question is then, of course, whether I want to like stay small or grow bigger. Mm. The issue is with VAT, as soon as you get into that VAT 80 bracket, grand. 80 grand and above, I think. or like 83 or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you've either, you either have got to get to that limit and stop mm. or really exceed it. Otherwise it, it's not profitable. So if I was registered for VAT, I would make 20 to 30p extra per customer, mm-hmm. which might not seem like a lot, but because I'm a product-based, like essentially a reseller, mm-hmm. technically, where my profits aren't massive at the moment anyway, that makes a hell of a big difference mm-hmm. <laughs> when you times that by, I don't know, 100 customers per month. Yeah. Um, and so, for me, it would be worthwhile for me to register for VAT now. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a position to register for VAT at the moment because I can't handle that extra workload of 
managing the finances properly and registering yeah. the company as a limited company and, and things like that. But in the future, it might become worthwhile, especially if I get to a scale of being able to press some of the records, mm-hmm. um, which I'd hope to in the future. Um, certainly under my record label imprint as well. Um, for you, on the other hand, because you're service-based and you're just doing it based on your time, mm-hmm. you haven't got the expenses to make the yeah. AT worthwhile. Yeah, so like for instance, um, I know we could get to probably like 80K in revenue, um, but then if you wanted to take someone else on board, mm. that extra person would make the company barely any more money. Mm. It would literally be like, when you, when you took everything out of it and had profit, you'd be making an extra 10% profit from having that employee. So you'd be doing twice the amount of work and the profit would go up by 10%. You're not doing twice the amount of work. You and one other person is doing twice the amount of work. Yeah. But that other person's making you 10%. But then, if you had a third person, that third person might make you 50%. And that's the point I'm getting at. It's like, you hit a point and then you can't just do a little bit extra, you've got to do a lot extra. Yeah. So if I'm hiring someone, I can't be thinking about hiring one person. I've got to be thinking... I can hire this person and as quickly as possible I need to get a third person on board. Yes. So it's like I can do X amount of customers yeah. but then I can't just double it. Yeah. I've got to triple it. Yeah. And then I can make what, decent money out of it. Yeah. But what happens so for you for example if you got to that point of hiring a second person if I were you the business that you want to go into which is window cleaning mm-hmm. is that something that's a stepping stone right? It's, I mean, it's... Um, you want financial freedom to then move on to other projects that you yeah. want to spend money on. You, you need investments, which you want to invest your own money into. You don't want to go searching for investors mm-hmm. who then have a say in your company, yeah? Yeah. So for you, being able to hire that second person who only gives you 10% profit mm-hmm. and allows you to take a step away from the business and give you, them your current clientele yeah. while you still manage the business from afar as a sort of like, mm-hmm. uh, not a sleeping partner, but you know, you've got less of a day-to-day role in the, the company. Yeah. But you're still making that profit. And that's something that you're, I, I don't, you probably aren't missing it, mm-hmm. but the way you're talking about it right now, you're missing that potential because from there then, you might be making 80 grand a year yeah. and you might be paying him 40 grand. And then after expenses and what have you, you might be taking 30 grand home. Mm-hmm. But that's 30 grand, which you're doing fuck all for. Yeah. So to speak. Well, the thing is, like, I'm already, like, budgeting for myself and another person. So that's in all, terms of... That's automatically in, like, the business plan, right? Okay. I'm talking about taking another person on top. So there's myself, and I will technically be an employee. But why would you want to do that? Well, I can have two people, so myself and another person. Yeah. Right, but then if I am hiring another person on top of that, that's not going to be particularly profitable. Mm-hmm. It becomes more profitable when there's a f- fourth person involved. So it's right. like I I can't scale to three people. I'd have to scale to four people as quickly as possible, and that's something I would have to like invest a lot Wait, of time so, into. So hiring that third person won't be would profitable. Would eat into your profits yeah. currently. Yeah. Right. So then the fourth person then would be far more profitable but the point is i couldn't just increase like my um my customers by like 50 percent or 100 percent. it would have to be like 150 200 percent. so all of a sudden it's like i could do that hmm. but 
you know, it's like, how much money do I want to get out of it? Am I going to be greedy in the beginning? Or is it like, am I just going to say, you know what, that's enough. Let me take a step back. Let me do something else. Um, or do I say, okay, let me invest another year of my time into this. Another like, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours a week into it mm. to get to that scale where it does become more profitable again. Um, the issue is, of course, when you take on more employees that you are relying to work solo, Mm-hmm. it's like you've really got to trust that person and you've got to make sure you hire right because you can't like I don't, yeah probably. you can't just like fire someone for being bad at their job in that sense you know mm-hmm. so it's like we can have like daily targets and stuff but if they're being lazy about it it's something I'm I'm like a little worried about I understand that at the same time one if you're hiring someone you can't expect them to be meticulous and do the job as well as you would. There's, I mean, there's no way they're going to do that, no. No, because it's not their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's number one. Yeah. Number two is the fact that people are... I, I don't want to say this, but people are simple. They're easy to mm-hmm. um, sort of understand. So you know how earlier I was saying about um, that Maddie girl that wants to work for me for free, essentially. Yeah. Um, I want to ensure that she gets the most out of the, you know, doing the work mm-hmm. than I would. I want to give her opportunities of either learning or adding value to her CV. So um, I want to ensure she's always getting the 51%, like getting 49 mm-hmm. at the very minimum. So you need to ensure that happens as well. So it's like, okay, so what are your goals? Yeah. You want to start your own window cleaning business. You want to be competitive of mine. Mm-hmm. Fine, let's get you there. I'll teach you everything I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like one of those scenarios. Well, like, that's already like what I've budgeted for. It's like a case of, I know I can do a certain amount of work in a day, but then there's no way this person's going to. So I'm assuming they're going to get done like 10 or 15% less. And I'm not like just throwing a huge workload on them, but mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you're going to be starting work at like eight in the morning and you're going to be finishing like four, right? Yeah. And I want to make sure that your work doesn't go over. So you, you can get up in the morning, come to work, and then at a certain point, you can clock out after... and you can go home yeah. because you're not worrying about the extra work that someone else got to get done tomorrow, which in this case would be me, perhaps. Yeah. But like they can go home and shut off and it's like, it's four o'clock, I'm going to clock out and that's me done. Yeah. So I don't want to like, I don't want to have them like worrying about not getting enough done and start rushing jobs and stuff so that they can take their time and Quality do a service. good job. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I, I know that they're not going to be like as meticulous as I am or like as much work done. And that's sort of what I've like budgeted for in the costs and stuff. Um, but again, it's like, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't need to, you are getting ahead of yourself. I don't need also, to worry about that at the moment. But it's also something you do need to think about. So, for example, like my recent experience, I think I already told you, but I was looking to hire a video editor. Mm-hmm. At this current point in time, I can't afford one. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that I could afford weren't good enough. So I don't want to be paying someone minimum wage mm-hmm. if they're not going to be turning around good work. Yeah? So I've decided, bugger it, I'll just handle it myself. Um potentially with that money set aside maybe this Maddie girl is good enough that I'll be like you know what I'm going to hire you full time or part time mm-hmm. um, but actually here you go 
I've actually got a budget now where I can say I'm actually going to have this amount of money at, mm-hmm. yeah, at the end of the month and this is yours. Yeah. Um, from your point of view, I personally think that you need to think about what it could potentially look like, the business could look like, mm-hmm. if you budgeted for another 10% less for those people to do yeah. the work, the workload. Yeah. So you've already budgeted 10% less already. Take that to 20% for starters. Mm-hmm. And then look at it. If you were moved out of the picture and you picked up the, um, the overspill. Yeah. And then we looked at it and figured out the numbers then. Because I think, yes, it's going to be less profitable. Mm-hmm. But for you to scale the business, it is a necessity. And for you to turn around and say, you know what? Maybe it's a case of one of those employees is the one who says, you know what? I want to do what you do. I don't want to own this company. Mm-hmm. You can turn around and say, you know what? I will make you the MD. Yeah. And... That I've thought about happen. that already, like someone running the company for yeah. me. Yeah. And you move away if and you start your own that. project. Yeah. And then maybe it's a case of later on, he's like, you know what? I'm kind of sick of this. I found this other guy. He's been working alongside me for five years. Mm-hmm. I want to make him the MD and I want to move over to this and start this company. Would mm-hmm. you Would you um, be okay with that? Or would you potentially back, back me mm-hmm. with money? You could potentially be in a financial situation where you could be like, you yeah. know what? I'll give you 100K. Yeah. Or shares. Or shares, whatever. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like I was, I was saying. You know, am I taking money out of it or am I keeping it in? And I think what I'll probably be doing is like because I can afford to live off of the money I earn at my, I was going to say day job, but night job. Night job, yeah. Right. It's like the money that company earns stays in the company, mm-hmm. and then I hire someone as soon as I need to, and like that money goes to them, and I don't touch it for like. And just a on year. the basis of tax. Any money that I make for Vinyl Deli, mm-hmm. I plan to keep inside the company. Yeah. Because so you're not taking that twenty percent. Because I don't need exactly. Because I mm-hmm. want the company to grow. If it fails, it fails. If I lose all that money that I've invested, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I know the numbers that I want to get to in my head, in terms of um, to 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 develop the cultural club that I want to create mm-hmm. to then enable me to build upon that with other projects and um, it's I'm not going to benefit from taking the money out it's going to be a short term benefit which what am I going to do piss it up against the wall and go out on a night out and celebrate yeah. like, like do you know what I mean like what's the short term win it's like okay yeah I could maybe pay for a house but I mean give me another five years and I'll be able to buy my own house anyway Yeah. do you know what I mean so Play the long-term game. That's all I can say is that, you know, like like you're saying, don't take the money out. Mm-hmm. Keep it in the company. Invest. Get to a point where... Because at the end of the day, I know you well enough that you might enjoy the aspect or the idea of doing uh, that every day in terms of cleaning windows. Mm-hmm. But after 12 to 18 months, you're going to get bored of it and you're going to start talking about your exit plan. Mm-hmm. I know you well enough. I know that's going to happen. And you haven't got there yet. Yeah. So get to that point and then talk about this again. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, get it off the ground, get to a point where you can hire one person, a second person, and then, because the third person is going to give you the issues with the profit, right? Mm -hmm. And get to the point where you've got overcapacity and you're thinking about hiring a third person and then say to yourself, 
if I hire this third person, what am I going to think in three months, six months' time? Mm-hmm. Am I already starting to think about exiting the company? Or, you know, whatever you're thinking about. Yeah. And readjust them. Because everything evolves, everything changes overnight. So, for example, I've only had Vinyl Deli going two to three months. I'm already thinking about the pricing plan and changing that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's just one of those things where you just got to consider the situation once you get there. I personally think. I don't know what your thoughts on that. What thoughts are on that. But yeah, well, I mean... Is that good advice? <laughs> it's... um. It just sort of solidifies what um, what I'm thinking. You know, it's a case of putting all my time into this, all my extra time. Well, in, as of now. Yeah. Yeah. Into this and like keeping the money where it is, mm-hmm. and allowing the business to grow, and getting someone else involved as well, mm-hmm. and then seeing how it uh, how it goes from there, and whether I want to um, scale it after that. Yeah. Or whether I want to do something else. Yeah. Um, from a marketing perspective is it easy to scale like have you scaled like have you I mean, previously you said you've had a couple of customers in yeah. the past and you potentially lost them was that easy to do to get those extra customers it was a word of mouth I assume right well it was just it was just knocking on doors okay it's, it's that simple like the, the customers themselves are easy to get mm. it's just the case of like most people who are in the service industry, mm-hmm. like working for themselves or whatever, yeah. like they'll just like chuck a leaflet through a door and that leaflet will get thrown away. Yeah. No one's knocking on the door and chatting to people. No one's doing the face to face. Yeah. Like so that is like huge. Yeah, it's relationship building. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the big thing and I can do that and I'm completely comfortable with that. And so it's very easy to scale. Yeah. Um but again it's like if I'm doing shit tons of work I don't have the time to scale mm-hmm. in the same way. But if I hire someone else as well, so that that second person for the business, so the first employee after myself, then I've got a bit of time freed up. Mm-hmm. And I can scale it again. Mm-hmm. But then I've got to hire another person yeah. that's not necessarily profitable. Yeah. But then I can scale again and it's like yeah, it's um it's just like an ongoing thing and I've got to see how it um how it pans Plays out, out in a yeah, few yeah. months' time, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But everything's set up and you know, it's uh, it's a case of beginning again. Yeah. For this now, yeah. starting again. Yeah. And then we'll see what happens. It's it's interesting. I I'm really looking forward to seeing how it pans out. Mm-hmm. I really am, in a good way. I don't yeah. mean like that sounds quite like kind of narcissistic, and they're like <laughs> I want you to fail or something. I don't mean like that at all. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out, just to see how. One, how quickly it grows. Two, mm-hmm. how happy you are as a result. Yeah. Um, and then three, where you want to go next. Because I know you'll want to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it'll be very... As soon as you see success, I think it'll be, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. I, I, I know you well enough that I think that's going to be the scenario. I think that probably will be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you're like contemplating that third person, you're like, yeah, let's fuck it. Like, you know what? <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> I'm off to Barbados. <laughs> I'm retiring. <laughs> Should we... Uh... Should we play some more music? Yeah, sure. Right. Hmm. Uh... <laughs> what do you want? 
Pick a number between 1 and 12, Jordan. 1 and 12? Yeah. Uh, 8. Struggling with the count, are you? Okay, Notion by Kings of Leon. That's what you want to play? Yeah. I like this. Should we do this every week? I do like it. I pick a song and then you mix it with something else. <laughs> and, then you, and then you see how easy it is or how fuck, fucking awful oh, it is. Yeah, how awful it is, yeah. Okay. Not done, the guap comes, 
When the CD drops, we tell them to cop one I hope you got some It's not an option to get guap Music is where I got the knot from But shit can get hard You feel a slight tussle I give it more muscle to my hustles like Russell's You gotta come pay them And if you're not speaking about cake You're not speaking my language good episode as it happens do you think I think that was a very good one yeah one of our best really mm-hmm. the help with the alcohol problem is it probably yeah <laughs> I'm going to add this to the end now <laughs> by the way before we do end I am going to add this to the end now but um, I just wanted to say how amazing I thought it was today that um, Ollie McBurney he was um, he, he came kind of through the youth system at the Swans mm-hmm. he's a Scottish boy I think we bought him for like £100,000. And then last year he kind of had his breakout season with the Swans and moved in the summer for £20 million to mm-hmm. a uh, newly promoted Premier League side called Sheffield United. Um, but today at the Swans, right, uh, he was there in the stands with one of the... Joe Roden, who um, I think Craig knows. Um, but he's also a Swans player. Yeah. But he's currently out injured. And Daily Mail have just posted something on social media with... Ollie McBurney giving a wank off gesture <laughs> towards the Cardiff fans. <laughs> and I think that is absolutely brilliant. Ollie McBurney, I didn't appreciate you that much as a player, but I love you now. <laughs> I just wanted to end with that quickly, that's all. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Look at him. He's loving life. <laughs> what is he wearing? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah. See you next week, guys.